All right. Welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, the number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. In this show, we talk about what's happening in the markets and how we are trading them. Stocks were hammered last week. The S&P and NASDAQ both in correction territory. It's Fed week. Will the Fed raise rates and what will they say more importantly? Crude oil slides, McDonald's jumps on earnings. Plus, we'll take a look at our open positions and see if we could sell calls on our Goldman Sachs shares. As you can see, there's a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and get started. Now, if this is your first time here, my name is Mark Hodge. I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading, and Marcus was speaking at the Money Show yesterday and had a flight reschedule, so today I'm running the show by myself. But even though I'm typically with Marcus, I promise that you are in good hands today. You can say we have a ton of trading experience. We know our stuff, and we're not afraid to tell it like it is. So if you are looking for some honest insight, then you are at the right place. Before we dive in and show you our trades and how we're tackling these crazy markets, let's take a look at what's moving the markets today. Let me go ahead and bring up the S&P 500. And let's actually go to, well, we are on a weekly. And look at this, back-to-back -back losing week. So a rough October. We were hoping for a better October, and that. Uh, did not uh, play out that way. Now, two trading days left, so the rest of today and tomorrow, we'll see if there is a little bit of a bounce, but a uh, rough week, finishing the week down 2.5%. Actually, before we go to a daily, uh, let's look at the Dow as well. Here we go. So the Dow also finishing the week lower, back-to-back -back losing weeks down 2.1% last week. The NASDAQ, back-to-back -back losing weeks. Actually, this was the third losing week in a row for the NASDAQ, and the NASDAQ down 2.6%. So a rough week. And if we go to a daily chart, we mentioned last week that the NASDAQ entered correction territory, which is defined as a 10% drop from highs. And we see here that we went into correction territory off of these highs that were established back in July down more than 10% right now about 11 and a quarter percent and on Friday the S&P did the same if we take a look at the highest close which was back here July 31st we look at those levels and we see that with Friday's close down more than 10% in correction territory now today we saw a decent start, and let me zoom in here. The S&P finished higher, uh, or sorry, opened higher with this gap up. And if we go to a five-minute chart, we could see what trading looks like today, and it's it's kind of all over the place. So a gap higher and some follow-through there. We rallied, and then a pullback getting through the open today and dipping with an attempted gap fill. Since this pullback, we... Might have seen some support here. We'll see in another push towards the open and higher. So the S&P right now up 0.75 almost. The Dow actually leading the way, approaching session highs up 1%. And the NASDAQ up 
percent similar pattern to the s p 500 with the gap higher rally pullback and now an attempt to get back above where we were before the open and rally towards highs so decent day today a lot of green we can take a look at power x optimizer and go to the heat map and uh, just see where this green is is it across the board and we see here that for the most part yes so a lot of green technology is okay uh the big seven though uh, microsoft up 1.8 percent apple up over one percent nvidia up over one percent google up two percent meta two and a half percent amazon two and a half percent and tesla right now getting hit trading around two hundred dollars a share down 3.4 percent oil and gas a little bit in the red here also healthcare uh seeing a little red but for the most part markets are uh where stocks in the s p 500 are positive nasdaq 100 uh, we could see that there is some weakness in tech semiconductors on uh semiconductor corp uh, on semiconductor and uh, amd mchp adi gfs just a, a little weakness there and everything else looks pretty green except for tesla flirting with the 200 level dow 30 for fun we see a lot of green here and uh, wba walgreens boots alliance taking uh, a little bit of a hit but today the move with mcdonald's helping uh, the dow 30 mcdonald's up on earnings so we'll take a look at earnings but before we do let's look at the economic calendar see what we have in store for this week and today nothing of significance for the calendar so no major economic reports now tomorrow we do see some red flag reports the employment cost index in the morning i'm back on pacific time after getting home from the uh our live boardroom in grand cayman island it's good to be back in california although i do enjoy island life and it was a beautiful Beautiful trip, good people, fun time, and uh, happy to be back. So we see that consumer confidence, also a red flag report tomorrow, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. But the real biggies this week, it's going to be jobs on the economic calendar and the Fed. The Fed really leading the way here with uh, what's most important. We see that the Fed funds rate in FOMC statement, 11 a.m. Pacific, this would be 2 p.m. Eastern time, followed up by the press conference 30 minutes later, 11.30 a.m. Pacific, 12 or 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. And there is uh, this jobs data being released. We see Jolt's job openings uh, being released and unemployment claims on Thursday, followed up by the jobs report. So jobs week. Fed week and Fed week really most significant. Let's look at the CME Fed Watch tool and go ahead and refresh this. The Fed, of course, is always going to be in the spotlight, but this one, I, I think it's really uh, a pivotal moment because traders want to see if the Fed's going to remain hawkish with their wording, which they have been, where they want to uh, share that they will do anything necessary to combat inflation and use their tools to make sure that inflation does not continue to get out of control. We'll see if they feel comfortable with where the 
uh, where inflation is based on data, based on jobs, based on the economy, and also based on what is happening with yields uh, moving higher. We see that for this meeting, which takes place in two days, two hours, 51 minutes, and 32 seconds, we do not have a rate hike or rate cut priced in. Instead, investors believe that the Fed will keep rates the same. So 98.3% probability. There is a small, small, small chance that, at least based on Fed funds futures and what investors are betting on, that the Fed will cut. I don't believe this will be true. I believe that the Fed will keep rates the same, which is what I've been saying for a while, which is why Marcus will owe me a box of steaks after I win that bet. Unless there's a surprise, unless there's a surprise. But what traders are really focused on, the future uh, expectation here, the Fed has said that they are prepared to raise rates again this year. Right now, traders don't believe that's the case. Not at this meeting. There is one more meeting after this week's meeting, and that would be the December 13th meeting. Technically, it's a two-day policy meeting that wraps up on the 13th. And we see here that traders still don't believe that the Fed is likely to raise rates. So I, I think that this is going to be key this week. Will the Fed continue to, to say, hey, we're not done. We do see another hike. Or will they say based on data and based on what yields are doing, uh, do they believe that they could potentially be done at this point? And will they... Uh, shed any light on what the plan is for 2024. And again, Fed members, they believe that uh, rates will continue to be high and that they are prepared to hike. But traders say, you know what, at least based on probabilities, no hike this year, no hike in the future, and we're most likely going to see a cut in June. So any wording or guidance, anything that in the press conference or in the statement that turns a little more dovish, not as concerned versus hawkish, would be welcomed by the market. So that's what's going on with the Fed. And again, that's Wednesday. And we also have a lot going on with earnings still. So let's go to our earnings analysis tool. Look at the calendar. Today, McDonald's reported before the bell. And we do have some companies reporting after the bell. Now, Pfizer pre-market tomorrow, Caterpillar pre-market tomorrow, uh, Marathon Oil. After the bell, Caesars Entertainment, Match Group, and AMD. On Wednesday, CVS Health uh, before the bell. We see Qualcomm after the bell on Wednesday, Airbnb, PayPal after the bell. And then on Thursday, ConocoPhillips, Starbucks, but the real biggie is going to be Apple. So Apple reporting after the bell on Thursday. Apple also in correction territory, I think down about 15% from those highs. So all is on Apple this week. Busy, busy earnings week in general. If we look here, we could see that uh, for the week, this week, 163 stocks reporting. Last week, 160. Next week, 55. So this is really getting into the 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 heart of earnings season and uh, wrapping up. Uh, well, don't get me wrong. We still have earnings, but things uh, slow down this week and last week, really the biggest. So let's, let's actually go back here because that would be next week's earnings. 
And let's look at McDonald's. So McDonald's, McD's, MCD is the ticker symbol. McDonald's reporting earnings and switching over to a daily chart up 1.6%, pulling back and then rallying back to the open. McDonald's did report better than expected earnings per share, also better than expected revenue. They said that same store sales rose 8.1% for the quarter, thanks to price increases and overall traders liking that with the pop higher and uh, a win for today, at least so far. Let's look at open positions. And let's uh, first take a look at, actually, let's go over here. Go to PowerX Optimizer. And go to the portfolio. CSIQ. CSIQ. Where will this one go? This one has been our problem child. And it will be interesting because CSIQ earnings are 15 days away, so mid-November. And the tricky thing with CSIQ is we had these nice ranges, and then other solar companies started to issue weaker guidance. CSIQs did the same, and then there was this big reaction to uh, not only guidance that Canadian Solar issued, but other companies, and we were sliding. And then it looked like we were starting to see some support. When I see support and I see that we are down 30%, that's when I'm looking to do a rescue. A rescue means that I will be buying more shares or selling puts to get a sign so I can lower my cost basis. So when there is a rally, I could benefit from that rally and sell calls at a lower price to bring in that premium and also potentially get out of the trade for profit uh, by bringing down my average cost per share. Haven't done that since and glad that I waited. It looked like it was starting to be, uh, well, it, it looked like a rescue would potentially be appropriate. But at this point, I want to wait until the Fed. And I also I uh, just want to see if we stabilize here. On Friday, CSIQ dropped again. Uh, we had a dip on the reaction to SEDG's guidance. And I uh, just want to see that we're stable here. But I wouldn't mind doing a rescue around 20. That would bring my cost basis down to about 30. And this is where, sure, it might be hard to get back up to 36 in a reasonable amount of time. But I do believe with just a little bit of a, a change in tone, right? Because with the idea that interest rates are going to remain high uh, for any borrowing being done, there's that extra cost. But also from a sales perspective, if people are paying 8 to 35% in interest rate on, on their solar panel, the efficiency and the, the, the uh, demand for installing solar is going to be low, especially if energy prices are not at extreme. So this is where, hey, I want to time this right, but I do think we could get back into this range here uh, and not, you know, years out, but relatively soon. And if we do that, then selling calls at 30, if I bring down my cost basis would make sense. So of course, this isn't where I want it to be right now, but at least with, with 
what could potentially happen. I'm okay holding it. I don't feel I need to get out of this, take the loss, and move on. Uh, I just feel that we need to time a rescue in a in appropriate way. So that's what what I'm looking at. This is what we talk about with our mastermind group every day when we review our positions. Goldman Sachs looking okay here, gapping higher, rallying up to 298.08 today. Both Marcus and I, we are assigned at 305. And today, well, you know what? Let's uh let's look at the wheel calculator and see if we could sell calls. So Goldman Sachs here, I'm assigned at 305. I've just entered 100 shares. I'm more than 100 shares, but uh, sometimes I just like to pop in 100 here when I'm running through the numbers with other traders to make it simple here. And if I am assigned at 305, I'm looking at this Friday's expiration. I can click here to see what the ROI is at different strikes. And for Marcus and myself, the line in the sand is 30%. We would like to collect at a minimum 30% on the calls that we are selling. So that would be 30% annualized based on the premium collected and the time to expiration. Right now, the 302.50 would bring in 41%. 305s are getting pretty close. So 24% bids at 103, offers at 115. And if I look here, I could see that the minimum, the minimum required which is this number right here. The minimum is $1.27 to get that 30%. So keeping an eye on Goldman Sachs, if I have the ability to, to get 127 or better, I'm gonna most likely take that. I would be happy to sell calls on Goldman Sachs. We brought in some nice premium on this one. I would love to sell calls again. So Goldman Sachs uh, looking pretty good, and this is one I am watching today. NEE. Let's go to NEE. Falling right around the time CSIQ did just kind of this crazy weird move out of the blue. But after making these lows, we've come back nicely. Today down just a little bit. But with, with such a quick gain here in rally, a little bit of a pullback here is healthy. So uh, NEE down a little bit, but okay with this position. PNC also getting hit last week. Uh, taking a little bit of a dip, but it does look like we are finding some support here at these lower levels. Uh, right now, liking uh, this uh, stabilization here, finding some support. This is one that is also on the on the possibility uh, of a, a rescue for me, uh, but I wanna make sure that we have some nice support. This would be a little bit early for a rescue based on the 30% because I'm assigned at 136. My break even is down here at 129.35, and uh, we're we're outside of selling calls. Uh, this is one I'm I'm keeping an eye on. So uh, definitely open to adding more shares to PNC right now. Waiting though, seeing if we stabilize at these levels. UPS last trade, both Marcus and I are in this one, uh, but we are at different prices. Marcus was assigned at 157.50. Not the earnings reaction we wanted, even though earnings was better than expected. Not the reaction that we wanted and a little bit of a pullback last week. So uh, we'll see where this one goes and uh, would love to see this rally right back. And at this point, I do think it's a little bit of an overreaction, but with a negative week and, and just a negative 
couple of weeks in this correction territory uh, emphasis, not to mention the five-year or 10-year yield hitting around 5% or that concern of whether or not we get above 5%. There's just kind of a, a you know snowball of uh, factors that have contributed to some of this dip. But I like the positive start today, and I'd love to see uh, a little, little optimism heading into the end of the year. So if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe so you get notified when we do more videos. Looking forward to a great week of trading. Marcus will be with me tomorrow. Until then, happy trading, everybody.